0: Thanks for tuning in to Off the Wall. I'm your host, Joshua Wall. And today on the show, we have Ryan McDougall, the owner of the Blue Dog Cafe right here in Brantford. Ryan, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me, Joshua. appreciate it. So first things first, who's Ryan? Uh, well, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Princeton, Ontario just a stone's throw away from Brantford and I went to high school in Paris also beside Brantford. So I was kind of on the peripheral of Brantford most of my life actually. Um, I've got uh, my wife Lindsay and I uh, took over the cafe and our uh, daughter Cora uh, who actually spends a lot of time there right now doing remote learning. She's uh, <laughs> uh, learning school and the cafe business at the same time right now. And uh, yeah, we've uh, always been lovers of uh, tabletop gaming and coffee and Uh, Craft beers and things like that have always been some of our uh, passions, and uh, so it was kind of a a natural path uh, that led us to the cafe.
0: Tell me about that natural path. What did you do before you owned a cafe?
1: Uh, I have had several different careers. Um, I worked for the school board for a period of time, I worked as a uh, install tech, I actually had a decently long career in live entertainment as a production manager for live theater and uh, live performances, things like that. I did some carpentry work, um, some lighting work, some sound work, uh, things like that, so I've got a bit of a varied background, um, but throughout all of that, there was always um, a love of uh, tabletop, and rpgs and the kind of gathering of family and friends for uh, enjoyment of gaming um as well as uh, we always every, anywhere we lived uh, When we lived in toronto for a period of time we always found ourselves um, at the local roastery uh trying new blends of coffee and things like that and so um eventually when it got to the point where we sort of kind of had to decide you know we had a bit of a fork in the road and we had to decide what was going to come next uh we thought taking you know our passion for coffee and our passion for games and for being together and sort of uh, you know see where we could take that and at the same time it just so happened that the blue dog cafe uh was up for sale craig and marie had it for a decade and it became a staple of the community and it seemed just like the perfect cozy spot to, uh, you know, try to bring in our, our gaming and our love of, uh, you know, beer and uh, explore more of the coffee side of things. And uh, also to be able to, uh, to be honest, tap into that, uh, that local clientele that already loved the space, um, because it is such a beautiful space. So it seemed kind of a natural progression. We sat down and met with them. And uh, on their side, too, they were very pleased that people were going to be taking it over that would keep the same sort of feel going.
0: So prior to being the proprietor of this cafe, were you an entrepreneur before? Had you had run other businesses or were you always employed?
1: Well, uh, my career as a production manager was always freelance. So it was contract to contract, uh, basically working for myself or contracting myself out. So um, I definitely uh, had that experience of sort of being a self-starter because um, that is definitely a business that you do not get ahead in unless you really are able to push yourself because no one's going to come and find you.
0: <laughs> so talk to me about then we're, we'll dive right into the the Blue Dog Cafe then. Yeah. So you took over ownership?
1: Yep, and then what? Uh, <laughs> so there was a bit of a learning curve, obviously, um, having never, uh, actually run a food establishment before. So, so that was, that was a pretty big learning curve. I mean, in terms of the, the logistics of it, you know, the ordering, the paperwork, that sort of stuff, that was one thing. Um, but getting to know the real nitty gritty of it, uh, we were very lucky, uh, to come into a really amazing, uh, staff. Honestly, if it wasn't for them, I don't know if we would have made it this far to be honest because they they just embraced us and kind of helped us along and showed us the ropes um and um and then obviously we had you know almost a whole year before something really insane happened uh, <laughs> um and sort of you know that that obviously threw things into a different light for sure but
0: dive into everything that the blue dog is so you know the COVID pandemic has significantly changed it but let's talk pre-pandemic what yep. you guys offer to the public. And yeah. then if you can go into how you changed and you know, hopefully with things continuing to improve, getting back and how it's evolved.
1: Sure, so <clears throat> I've always been a, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of person. And it already had such amazing atmosphere. Um, it already had a feeling of kind of home and family in it. it While well, it being a restored Victorian, um, it already had that home feeling and uh you know the the base of regulars also just clearly like saw this as a place that they could go to gather and so all we wanted to do was to add kind of our flavor to that while not changing it too much so uh we brought in the the craft beer taps and we brought in the board game library um and we just kind of slowly started to host little events here or there a game night here a trivia night there just as a way to um, you know, sort of broaden the appeal of the space and to also maybe open it up to different generations of people as well, as to, as, and the whole time focusing on the family element, because that's really what we want. We want people to be able to come out and have a good time with their family. There seemed to be a significant lack um, of, of spaces that were comfortable, family friendly, and not wildly expensive. <laughs> so we tried to provide that we tried to provide an affordable, comfortable space where you could do something um, that was not only fun, but also screen free, to be honest, um, that was actually really important to us that whatever we did in the space, um, it was something that was analog, something that didn't rely on technology and kind of was able to more focus on the people, rather than, um, you know, a screen or, or anything like so
0: how many people do you employ?
1: Uh, much less at this point, uh, but right now we have four employees. Yeah, we've got uh, Lisa, Deirdre, uh, Andrea, and Isabel. Uh, so we've got three full-time employees and, and one part-time employee. And myself, um, I'm finding myself on the counter a lot more these days, which is really nice.
0: Uh, you're always there when I come in. So <laughs> yeah, so. Pre pandemic, it was a place to go to gather with friends, have a coffee, play some board games, you know, have a nice beverage. Your food is top notch. Talk to me a little bit about the restaurant side of things. I know you're very proud of the food that you put out there, and what makes your food different?
1: Well, that is definitely all. Uh, Lisa, our kitchen manager, she's amazing. Um, and Basically, I rely very heavily on her. I mean, we bounce ideas off of each other for sure. Um, But aside from kind of the classic menu uh, that's always been the staple, uh, she's always sort of trying to find new ways to invent, you know, kind of an old classic, like working with our paninis and our wraps and kind of sticking with the same sort of base, but always putting a new spin on it. Um, it's, It's interesting because you always want to try to branch out while at the same time, Uh, not alienating (laughs) the people that like your tried and trues. Right. So it's important to stick to the classics that people love while at the same time, giving people reasons to come back and reasons to try things. Right. Um, And so that's something that she always brings to the table. Every month we sit down and we figure out, you know, what, what are we going to do this month for our specials and, you know, based on the season and based on what we can get locally and that sort of stuff. um, We do try to focus on that as much as possible to offer something that is suitable both seasonally and, and will have, uh, you know, have some appeal. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk
0: about some of your um, products specifically. So the food, I mean, uh, I can definitely rant about your food, go in and try something from the Blue Dog uh, Cafe. But let's talk about the coffee. I mean, I know I buy all my coffee from you. Uh, yep. I wake up to yep. it every day. And yeah. uh, you guys have always had it there. We, we buy it, we give it for gifts. Uh, what's so special about the Blue Dog's coffee?
1: Well, our roasting partner in London, Fire Roasted, is um, They're, they're absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a small company of guys uh, that work out of a warehouse there and uh, they do all sorts of varietal blends and single origin blends. Um, They have been the supplier of our, our medium, our bold um, espresso and decaf for, well, I mean, certainly for as long as I've as I've been running the place and, and before that as well. Um, The other nice thing about them is if ever they get something in that they think would, you know kind of fit our palette they send us a sample and we try it uh the bold for instance um is uh i think we changed that almost a year ago now um to sort of more of a, a darker fuller flavor and uh it's got a slightly higher roasting temperature so a little less caffeinated as well and uh, that's been a big hit and uh so we just again it's it's that finding that balance of of sticking with things that we know people love while at the same time giving people something fun to try um and specifically now that we're doing our coffee subscriptions uh every month there is actually a feature blend that we offer to our subscribers that you actually can't get in store so that's a little something extra for them to try and again Our roasters are always 100% behind us in that regard, as well as um, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to deliver uh, anywhere in southwestern Ontario. So right now, um, just in the last two months, we've been able to offer delivery of our beans anywhere in southwestern Ontario. And that is solely because of our roasters and uh, them being generous enough to allow us to use their courier for that.
0: So we've covered the ambiance and the atmosphere. We've covered the food. We've covered the coffee. What else you got?
1: Well, uh, we've uh, been bringing in a lot of different things from local breweries, uh, in particular. Um, Something that actually is very exciting for us that is very recent, just last week, is uh, we are now acting as a bottle shop, a pop-up bottle shop for Collective Arts Brewing in Hamilton. So there is a limit to the amount of different products that breweries can put into the LCBO. not sure what the exact number is, but I think it's around four or five. Uh, So for us, we're able to feature 16 of their products. Uh, So you can come in, you can check out what's on the shelves and uh, the new releases, things like that. We get about two weeks ahead of anything that's going to the LCBO. So right now we're just trying to find different ways that um, we can still, you know, enjoy the things that we're passionate about while still being able to you know function as a business so um, this partnership with collective arts is a big part of that partnership with our roasters is a big part of that Um, some of the other things that we're hoping to be able to do in the near future uh, as long as things keep rolling the way they are is uh, get back on our trivia nights that was really popular it was something we did all the time and we would you know pack the place Um, we can't quite pack the place at this point but um, with distancing and things we're hoping to get some people back to the tables for those and again just gently ease back into the idea of being able to gather safely last thing tell me what's going on behind you oh this here uh well, i'm actually uh we're shooting at my home today so i got my daughter doing remote learning well so you it's just, it's a very
0: similar setup to the restaurant that's uh, I, th- I, th- I thought you were there
1: <laughs> No, no, it's a very similar set. This is actually my, uh, part of my personal collection behind behind me right here.
0: I feel uh, we can dig into that too then. But yeah, t- uh, <laughs> board games. Board games are a big part of the cafe.
1: Yes, yes. Yep, they are. Absolutely. So, um, again, it's something that we've, um, we've always been passionate about and something that, you know, again, when we lived in Toronto, um, there was a, a plethora of different places that you could go where you had access to giant libraries of games. One of the biggest roadblocks or barriers to entry for people trying to get into trying different types of board games, things that might be a little beyond Sory or Monopoly, is just access, right? And, and price point too. I mean, some of these things are expensive. And if you don't know, you're going to enjoy them. You're not going to invest the money. So what we try to do is provide a scenario where, for very little money, um, you can come in, have access to hundreds of games, and see what you like. And for us too, like we keep talking about the whole family, the whole family perspective, the idea that you could come in with your kids, and there's an entire shelf dedicated just to family and children's games, and you can sit and play and and even do a little bit of learning depending on the games that you choose. It's something that. At the end of the day, it's almost, it's more about the people than it is about the games, <laughs> um, but the game is the, the vehicle for the fun, right? Um, and uh, something else we're, we were just getting started with and we, and we plan on doing again once it's possible is doing things like demo nights. So when a new game comes out, you and your friends can come and play it basically for free uh, and find out if it's something that you're interested in. And it's just our way of sort of trying to share the hobby, something that we really love um, in a way that makes it accessible to people.
0: I don't think we could have set up a better segue into the next part of our episode. So every week, I always like to pick a theme for my guests. uh, And I try to find something that I think that they would just be able to talk about and that just comes organic and natural. And uh, the theme for this week's episode was the importance of making time for family and friends. So in your own words, why is it so important to make time for families and friends?
1: It's almost a cliche at this point to say that screens have taken over. But, well, I mean, hi. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure. And I'm sure the people watching this right now are also, right? So they have. They have. They've, they've, they've become a predominant focus of our lives in one way or another. And for good or for bad, it's, it's drawn people away from each other, whether they know it or not. Now, in some scenarios, like in this scenario, it's actually bringing us closer in a way that we couldn't normally be close right now. Um, but it's that, it's that being able to physically be together right? That, that really is the, the cornerstone of forming those relationships and and helping us grow as people and as family units and, and friend groups and things like that. And it's, again, another one of the focuses of the table, right? It's that beautiful thing of the table and sitting down at it and doing something together collectively and and learning about each other in a way that you just, you can't otherwise, right? I mean, a phone conversation is fine, but there's just something about just sitting with someone or sitting with, with many people, family and friends, even people that you think you know really well, there's always something more to learn. There's always something more to grow from. And again, trying to provide that space for people in a way that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise is one of the main things we try to do at the cafe if we can.
0: And you have curated such an incredible venue for that. I know that every time I've ever gone in there, whether it's just to grab my coffee on my way to work and uh, I just, I feel welcome. Your staff is so friendly and kind and, you know, pre-pandemic you'd always bump into somebody you knew and you'd end up having a really great conversation even just in the lineup. Um, But like you said, there is something just so tangible about sitting across you know, the table from another human being and kind of doing what we're doing, but actually in person. And uh,
1: well, today, today actually was a perfect example of that. So we are uh, today is Thursday. So we are in day, what would it be? Three, I guess, of the reopening for us in Brantford. And this morning, there were every single table. I mean, there's not a lot of tables right now, but every single table had at least two people at it that you could just tell were so just happy to yep. be sitting there with each other finally, you know? And and some of them were there for hours just, and and, you know, some of it was small talk, some of it was big talk, I'm sure. But either way, there's just this look on people's faces of kind of just glow of that, you know, just missing it, right? And so just so happy to finally be able to do it again. It was amazing. It was great to see.
0: I can't wait to take somebody out for
1: coffee. I know, right?
0: (laughs) So every week, I like to give my guests an opportunity to give a shout out to a local community organization that they either support or are a part of, and just give them an opportunity to shine the light on a cause that matters a lot to them.
1: Um, One of the uh, local groups that we try to give as much support to as possible is the uh, SAC Brantford or Sexual Assault Center in Brantford. Um, The work they do is immensely immensely invaluable and uh we are so lucky to have them in our community uh, as a support structure and uh, I know they're always looking for volunteers so that's something to just kind of everybody to keep in mind that if you do have any time at all or resources that you can uh, put towards that foundation it is it is the most worthy of causes for sure um there are so
0: many nonprofits and uh, organizations right now who desperately need help and that that's a, a great A great shout out. Uh, The work that the Sexual Assault Center does here in Brantford and and beyond is uh, amazing work. And yeah, anybody who's watching or listening, if, if there's a way that you think that you can contribute, whether it's volunteering or with a donation, highly recommend you check them out. Thank you for that shout out, Ryan. So we've reached the end of the episode. I can't believe it. Um, but I would hope that anybody who's watching or listening uh, has fallen in love with the blue dog as much as I have and wants to know more. So if they want to be a part of your journey, uh, follow the story besides coming in and getting one of the best cups of coffee in the entire world.
1: How do they follow you? Where do they find you? Uh, so you can follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so Instagram is at the blue dog uh, cafe, all underscore. And uh, on Facebook, it's uh, the blue dog Brantford. You can follow us there. Uh, That's where most of our things are posted. Or you can check out our website. We actually have a whole online store now that we didn't have before where you can get access to any of our food or coffee or retail games, all those things, uh, just the click of a button. And that is at uh, thebluedogcafe.com. And they can stop it in person on Bread App. Of course, Imbra, and I mean, even even during the lockdown, we are always doing takeout, walk-in, pick-up, and take-out, Uh, but right now, we are lucky enough to be in the orange. Woo! Uh, You can come in and uh, have a seat as well. We have uh, limited capacity, but we do have chairs for you to sit in.
0: Ryan, thank you so much for not only, you know, having a really great uh, business and doing so much for the community, but thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So we've got a great group of guests lined up for
1: future episodes. Uh, I'm Joshua Wall. You're watching Off the Wall, and we'll see you next week.